Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is Season 7, Episode 3 with the Scattered Abroad Network. And we're continuing with the theme for this season, The Struggle is Real. And in this episode, we're going to look at the topic, Struggling with Pessimism. Haston Hanley is back with us for a third and final time this season. Haston, it's good to have you back with us. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've enjoyed sitting down and discussing uh, several different topics so far, and uh, I'm really glad to be able to discuss pessimism. Definitely. Uh, I see what you did there, by the way. Glad mm-hmm. to uh, discuss pessimism. <laughs> yeah. It's kind uh, of an is, oxymoron. Yeah, but this is, a, I think, a very important topic. Uh, so, um, again, the struggle is real. We're just talking about different things that Christians tend to struggle with this season, and certainly pessimism can be one of those things. So we'll start on kind of a light note. Haston, do you consider yourself an optimist or a pessimist? Uh, that's a really fun question to answer. Uh, sometimes I like to say that I am an optimistic realist. Uh, looking on the bright side of what we're going through, uh, my wife, however, uh, to quote, I think it's from Tangled, uh, I am grotesquely optimistic. Uh, you know, sometimes I like thinking of the absolute best possible outcome of everything and somehow miss the uh, possible alternative. But really to discuss this, we need to define what optimism and uh, pessimism is in general, because uh, to define what a pessimist is or an optimist, you really have to kind of take a step back and evaluate self, because yeah. an optimist is uh, hopefulness and confidence about the future or successful outcome of something. That's a very great outlook of life, but you have the exact opposite of that in a pessimist. That is tending to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst will happen, not can happen, not uh, have the chance to happen, but that without a shadow of a doubt, the worst is going to happen. We have to, in our lives, especially as Christians, focusing on things that we deal with every day, we need to be optimistic. We need to look at things on the bright side of life because, yeah, there's going to be difficult times. There's going to be hardships that we face, but we don't need to be spending so much time uh, looking at the negative that we forget all of the good things in our lives. Uh, There are many passages that talk about good things and and being hopeful and joyful. Uh, Even David. In, uh, let's see, Psalm 51, as he's repenting of his sin with Bathsheba, he says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uh, even in a difficult time, he was still looking at joy that could come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, those are great points. Um, myself, I tend to, I think, be optimistic most of the time. I try to, you know, as the saying goes, uh, see the, the uh, silver lining and that sort of thing and look at the, the glass half full instead of half empty. I try to be that way. I do think that I, I personally tend to struggle with worry sometimes. 
Yeah. Of course, we know what Jesus has to say about that in uh, Matthew chapter 6, I believe it is, that we are not to uh, worry and uh, about the things of tomorrow and whatnot. But, and so that's kind of closely related to pessimism, I suppose. But regardless, whether we, you know, you and I and, and those listening to this podcast, whether or not we consider ourselves optimist most of the time, I still think we all have moments at least where we tend to be pessimistic. And I think we need to be careful to guard against that. Uh, because one of the the points that we're going to make in this podcast is that Christians of all people should be the most optimistic because we have the the end result to look forward to of heaven. So uh, appreciate your thoughts on that. But I want to ask a question before we kind of delve further into that side of things. And that is, why do you think that pessimism is so common in today's day and age? We have become a people who constantly ingest content, uh, especially how quickly things go around the internet and things like that. Uh, somebody can get sick in China uh, or you know Asia or Russia, and within 30 seconds, we can know about it in America. And uh, really, negativity is one of the top two or three ways to kind of get something out there. There's no better way to advertise something than to have somebody outraged at it. Uh, you want to make people aware of something? Well, generate negative publicity because that's going to be one of the quickest ways to get people to think about it. Bad news talk- sells more and it travels a lot faster than good news. Exactly. I mean, uh, you think about how many people get sick every day and how many people die, and that gets around a whole lot quicker than, oh, yeah, we had a really good day today. Uh, As sad as it is to say, a lot of people don't care about your good day. They would rather listen to what bad you have to say about something. But when we are constantly ingesting all of that negativity, And when that's all we see in our everyday lives, it's difficult to not begin to think that way. Because when we start to imagine all of these things that we ingest, is that basic idea about friends even. If you're around bad people, you start thinking bad things. You start acting in a certain way. Well, when we take that, and turn it around when we're constantly ingesting negativity. That's all we really begin to see in our lives and the way that we act. Yeah, I think uh, think what you have said there has really you know hit it on the nail. I think also the fact that we live in trying times with a uh, let's just face it, there's just a lot lot going on in the news that tends to be negative. Um, aside from the fact that negative news travels fast, there is a lot of negative news right now that we're living through. But I would say that, you know, they didn't exactly live in easy times in the first century either. They were very trying times. And I think that there are a lot of verses that we could go to as a reference point. You know, Revelation 2, um, the church at Smyrna was dealing with some very severe persecution. And uh, Acts chapter 8, 7 and 8, really, same thing. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, in the limited commission, I want to read from that just a little bit. Matthew 10, and I want to begin in verse number 17. 
Jesus, in sending his disciples on the limited commission, he essentially told them, look, this is going to be a polarizing message. You're going to be mistreated. Some people are, in fact, most people are flat out going to reject you and your message that you're preaching, but preach it anyway, and you'll be okay, essentially. And so I'm going to read from this and just kind of show us that, yes, it is true that we live in trying times, but so did they, you know, the first century Christians as well. We still need to be faithful to the message of the gospel. So Matthew 10, beginning in verse number 17, it says, uh, Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. I do believe that it that is a miraculous context there, um, but certainly we still, through our study of God's Word, we can know what we need to speak in various situations. But uh, verse 20, it says, For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Again, that would be a, a miraculous, uh, inspirational speaking there in verse 20. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And we'll stop right there. Even in the midst of all that turmoil and persecution and killing, dying for the sake of the Lord, still the end of that verse number 22 there in Matthew 10, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And that's a reason for optimism. I'm reminded also of John 16, verse 33. Uh, Jesus there says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And because Jesus overcame the world, because Jesus conquered death, then uh, we, if we are faithful Christians in the end, will be resurrected unto life as well, conquering death. And so there's tremendous hope in that and tremendous reason for us to be optimistic. Exactly. And uh, you brought up a very good point in that day and age of the first century. There was a lot of negativity going on. But one thing that we have to realize, and we'll discuss this a little bit more later, is that we kind of have to choose to be optimistic or pessimistic in a certain situation. And uh, kind of going off what you said earlier about worry, I think worry is natural and normal, but our reaction to it is really the thing that separates us. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of always say, you know, worry in the sense of concern. You know, we right. can be concerned about things, but we don't need to dwell in a worrisome way, like oh no, just constantly gnawing away at our our mind, thinking that. Uh, Thinking the worst, you know, uh, we need to have faith and confidence in God. Exactly. And, and what more confidence can we have than that home in heaven? You know, uh, you put your put yourself in the first century shoes of a Christian and you go to the assembly and you're missing three or four people. Nowadays, we think, oh, maybe they're sick or maybe they're on vacation. In the first century, there was very much the thought of, well, are they in prison? Are they outside being killed because they were on their way to worship this morning? But 
we've almost reached a point where the vast majority of Christians have lost the sight of what's to come and are more focused on what's right in front of us. And when there are difficult things right in front of us, it's very hard to be an optimist. But we have to take away that nearsightedness. I think we discussed that one in the first episode. Uh, If we don't focus on growing as a Christian, we become nearsighted. And when we do that, we really, really start dwelling on the negative. Yeah, you're exactly right. If we're not growing properly as Christians, then we're focused on all of the wrong things. We have the wrong priorities. We're worldly, and uh, we're really laying up for ourselves treasures on earth when we should be laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. So really all of this is is uh, interrelated. Do you think it's acceptable for a Christian to be a pessimist? I want to go back to the definition of a pessimist because really, if you go by the textbook definition of pessimism, it is tending to see the worst aspect of things or believing that the worst will happen. If you go by that definition, it is preferable not to be a pessimist, uh, but there are definitely, like you said, times where we become pessimistic. Um, for me, I'm just going to be honest. I know for a fact that's when I'm hungry. I become a pessimist the drop or the second I become hungry. Uh, but we have to realize that as a Christian, we ought to be an optimistic people. When we face difficulties and hardships, we have two options that we can be either pessimistic and look at the negative side of things and look at the difficult side of dealing with these hardships and the fact that it is hard to deal with hardships. But we also have that opportunity to look and say, just because things are difficult, just because things are bad, we can still look at these as a positive. Should a, uh, is it acceptable for a Christian to be optimistic? I'm hesitant to say yes, because if that's your lifestyle, that's your mentality, then we're not focusing on the right things. Uh, just like you said, the first century Christians Uh, And we discussed a second ago, if anybody had the opportunity to be a pessimist, it would have been them. And it would have been the Apostle Paul. You read 2 Corinthians 11. Paul could have easily been a pessimist. But you also read Philippians chapter 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, the difficult times, they're only temporary. We have so much more to look forward to. Uh, I think, like I mentioned at the very beginning, the mentality of being a realist is, you know, a very good thing for a Christian to be not ever passing the point of becoming a pessimist, but recognizing what's in front of us and just moving forward and accepting it and overcoming it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, uh, If you were to ask me, am I pessimist, I would say, generally speaking, no. But am I pessimistic about the the happenings of this world? (laughs) When you think about it that way, I'll give a a verse for that, 2 Timothy 3, verses 13 through 15. It says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, 
deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you learned and been assured of, knowing from from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In short, yes, this world is going to keep growing worse and worse. It's the general trajectory of the world is going downhill. But we should expect that. And furthermore, all the more reason for us to not lay up for ourselves treasures in this world, but to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. So we need to be optimistic in the right sense of looking forward to heaven and pessimistic or uh, you know, realism, whatever you want to call it, towards the things of this world. Optimism fully and totally uh, when it comes to the spiritual things uh, of the faith of Jesus Christ. So I guess uh, the last thing that we want to ask, and we alluded to this earlier in the episode, is why should Christians of all people be the most optimistic people in the world? Hasten. We have so much that we are able to look forward to. Uh, I alluded to Philippians chapter 1 earlier for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Paul, in discussing this, was saying, you know, I would love to be able to spend more time on this earth and to do all of these things, but there's going to be a point where this isn't going to be happening anymore. In fact, you read through that and there's that longing of heaven. You even read uh, Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 25. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That is something that someone could be very pessimistic about. But he goes on, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. A conqueror is simply someone who overcomes an adversary or reaches a goal of overcoming something. For I'm persuaded. Verse 38 That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. We have that fact that we're going to face hard times here on this earth, but we also have to realize we have hope. It's not just ending at death. It's not just facing that difficult thing and then having to accept it and move on. We have hope to come. Uh, We think about plenty other passages. Um, John chapter uh, 14. Christ is preparing his disciples for his death. And what does he say? I go and prepare a place for you. That means we have to go a similar way, or the same way, that is through death, to get to that place. But that place, when we keep reading about it, uh, you see a picture of it in Isaiah chapter uh, 6. You see a picture of it in Revelation chapter 4. You see another picture of it in Revelation 21. 
you see this beautiful picture of heaven and how great that longing should be and to realize the hardships we go through here on this earth is not going to separate us from God unless we let it, unless we willingly turn away from God. And in all of that, we have hope. We even think about James chapter 1 and 1 Peter, the difficult times we go through. We either use them to curse God or we use them to grow. We need to be facing difficulties, facing a pessimistic world with the mindset that we can use this to grow as Christians. We can use this even to grow the amount of Christians by going and teaching, even in a difficult world. Great, great thoughts. Uh, you crossed off just about all of the verses on my list. There's um, there's a couple more I thought of as well. First uh, Thessalonians 4, verses 13 and following. Uh, Paul had addressed some questions that the Thessalonian congregation had about death. And uh, that's certainly a needed topic. You know, uh, Hebrews 9.27, I think it is, says that it is appointed unto all men uh, once to die, but after this, the judgment. We need to be realistic. We need to understand that unless Jesus returns first, that will one day come for all of us. And so we've got to address it. We've got to prepare for it. Uh, but anyways, uh, and by the way, go read the book of Ecclesiastes, just as a side note. I want to go through that book one day on this podcast. But uh, anyways, uh, so First Thessalonians chapter 4, dealing with that subject, Paul says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, this is verse 13, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. You know, the atheist has no hope because he doesn't believe in the afterlife. He doesn't believe in, in heaven. But we do. So verse number 14, it says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Absolute words of comfort there in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 13 through 18. And then another verse I just thought of was Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. There is great rejoicing. There's great hope. There's great comfort in knowing that we serve an all-loving God, an all-loving Creator, who sent his son to die for us, to die in our stead, to preach the good news, the good news, the glad tidings of peace to us. And if we will accept and obey his gospel and live out our days as faithful Christians, then we can one day be with him in heaven. So by all means, we need to be optimistic. Any final thoughts, Hasten, before we wrap this episode up? Uh, as you were talking, I finally remembered the verse or a specific phrase I was thinking about uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verses five and six. Uh, 
uh, it said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, Verse 6, so that I may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That is, and very easily could be, the mentality and the goal of a Christian seeking to live an optimistic life. Even though hardships come, we're not afraid. Even though difficult times come, we don't need to be so afraid that we forget who is in control. And so I I really appreciate that verse. And honestly, uh, this topic, being able to sit down and discuss it with you, because uh, I've noticed over my years of preaching, the wintertime is one of the first times you think of when you think about people being depressed or pessimistic or facing hardships. We have this beautiful opportunity just to sit down and to discuss the Bible and discuss how to be optimistic. Uh, But as far as I'm aware, I think that's all that I have. Appreciate those thoughts very much. Um, Just uh, as Christians, let's focus on the positive. Let's uh, look for a silver lining. Let's uh, think about how I think there's a song that says there's a rainbow in the cloud. Um, and uh, let's see the glass half full, not half empty. And on and on we could go, right, with uh, right. optimism metaphors. Uh, but the point is, let's of all people remain positive, keep our proper focus on the right priorities, and realize where we're heading as faithful Christians. So that's what we wanted to say about uh struggling with pessimism on the episode this week. And so don't struggle with that. Be optimistic as an everyday Christian. We hope that you will tune in next week as we continue with this theme of The Struggle is Real on the Everyday Christian Podcast.